Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans. As we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm your host, Ian Kroll. It's been over a week since we last recorded the fan podcast and in that time, Everton have crashed out of the Carabao Cup and picked up a morale-boosting win away to Leicester City. We've got a fresh new lineup for today's show with two guests making their debut and one guest making only a second appearance. First up, I'm back on the show following a solid debut performance. We've got Graham Callahan. Hello, Graham. All right, mate. And the two debutants, we've got Harry Crockett. Hello, Harry. All right, Ian. And we've got Connor Bennett. Hello, Connor. Hi, Ian. Um, plenty to talk about in today's podcast. A quick run through of the agenda. We're going to briefly talk about the Leicester game. A quick look back. We're going to talk about Bernard. We're going to talk about how Sigurdsson's goal was a thing of beauty. And we're also get a quick mention of Richarlison and his favoured position. Um, moving on from that, I'll ask the lads their opinion on the comments Ross Barkley made last week about not being coached much over the past few years um, and whether it was a bit of a slide dig. We'll have that and plenty more. Before we get into it, just a reminder to our listeners, you can subscribe to this podcast via the iTunes app uh, as well as the Acast app. All you need to do is search Royal Blue. There you can rate, review and leave comments. Um Harry and Connor, we'll start with you, Connor. Um, first time on the show, so um, just love to hear your thoughts on what your opinion is on how well Marco Silva or not well Marco Silva is doing so far. Yeah, so far I think he's doing a decent job. He's still obviously working with what we had last season, which wasn't great. Obviously, two managers and that. Um, I think given time, once he gets his players fit, like Mina and Gomes, it'll be much better. But I'd say if you've got a score out of 10 at the minute, probably give it about six and a half, seven. It's worked. Work to be done, but plenty of positive so far for me. Yeah, absolutely. Harry, um, do you agree with that? In part, yes. Yeah. So you can see that how we work on and change the style of play we play is a lot more attacking and a lot better than what it was last season under Cumin and definitely Sam Allardyce. Whereas we still have the same faults at the back, really, or if not more, with corners and the type of defending we're, we're basically fielding out. Just at corners, we don't seem to be able to defend them very well and other set pieces. Which thing needs to be working on? Yeah, fair, fair, fair comments. I think um, Graham, move on to you. You you gave your opinion on um, Silver uh, the last time you were on the show. Um, it was at a time where we were. It was a little bit negative. I think I can't remember exactly. Was it after the West Ham game? It was. Yeah. Um, so you know things weren't looking rosy, as mm. you would say. Um, there's been a few ups and downs since then. Mm. What's has your opinion changed since then, or are you still back on track? Uh, I think I said at the time that he needs more time, didn't I? And I think that, you know, that opinion still stands, to be fair. Um, he's still trying to get it right because we're capable of a performance like Leicester away at the weekend, but we're also capable of a performance like like we, we played against Southampton at home in the Cup and they were they were mirror opposites, weren't they, to be fair? So, yeah, still early days. Jordy's still out, but, you know, I think he still needs time, to be fair. Okay. Um, three opinions there. We'll move quickly on to the Leicester game. Um, Harry? You were there. Uh, what did you make of the performance? Were you obviously delighted with the result? 
from what I can remember, it was <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I I was very happy with the performance. Dominated, I would say, the best team. So deserve as well one. But still, as I was saying before, there is still the def- the defense. There was points in the game where we was lucky, maybe not to concede, and where we need to basically build on or just improve the side, so we don't fall victim to one of those goals. Because on, on the other day, they would have went in, and we could have lost the game. Mm. Connor, um, in terms of the result against Leicester, if we hadn't have won that, even if we'd have drawn that, do you think, or how much pressure pressure do you think Marco Silva would have been under? Just in terms of the fact that we got beat by Southampton in the cup, yeah. you know, a game where Everton fans were desperate for us to win. Um, if we hadn't won that game going into an international rate without, you know, games coming up thick and fast, would the fans have got on his back even more? I don't know if they got on his back. Um, perhaps they'd be a bit more anxious going into the international break. Cause obviously, now you've got to wait and going into the on, going into that break on the back of a defeat or even a draw is a bit of a negative and a bit of a pain in the backside. But obviously, going into with a win, you're like you go to a bit because you want to get back to good. So now, when you want to be, you want to play Palace and you want to beat Palace. But I think obviously the winners give him a bit more space with a few fans. Um, that he just, as Graham said there, he just needs a bit, bit more patience from a few. Uh, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> positive yeah. more than anything, and he just needs a bit more time. But obviously, massive getting the three points on the back of the Fulham winner as well, because obviously, it's looking a bit shaky after West Ham. Right. Well, I'd love to get all all your opinions on this, and I'll come to Graham first. But we got beat against Southampton, Graham in the cup. Mm-hmm. Then we, um, then we beat Leicester. Now. I'm sure Harry and the thousands of Everton fans who went to Leicester um, on Saturday probably wouldn't agree with me after the results and the, the, probably the good time that they had. But if you gave me the option before the Southampton game to, if someone said you're going to win mm. one of those games, it's either going to be Southampton or Leicester. For me personally, I would totally have taken the Southampton game. So it's just typical Everton, isn't it? You know, mm. win, lose one like that and then go and win. Not a meaningless game against Leicester in the Premier League. Of course, it wasn't his three points. It's vital. But, you know, we want to we want to cope, don't we? Definitely. I was I was really disappointed after Southampton, Southampton game. To be honest with you, um, I was a little bit disappointed with the with the team he put out. To be fair, because I thought he could have put a better side out. I mentioned last time I was on that that was that was a big game given the position that we're in. We want to win trophies. Mm. Um, I heard a Liverpool fan refer to it as the Harry Bow Cup on Talksport, <laughs> but for Everton, it's a big deal. We want to win things. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's a good start for for me. Um, I know he wants to give Dahl a chance. I know he wants to give some of the youngsters a chance, but I would have gone full strength for me, um, and I would I would have gone out to win it. Um, and then you know, other than that, I think some of the substitutions he made as well were in the Southampton game. It, it didn't look to me like it was his priority, and that was disappointing. Um, and I think if we had a loss to Leicester or not not won at Leicester, and and Siggy hadn't scored that worldy, mm. um, I do think he'd have been under pressure. Eight games in, you're talking about nearly a quarter of the way through the season, and things wouldn't have been looking great. Um, so I, I was really disappointed with the Southampton game, but I think he's uh, redeemed himself a little bit with the uh, with the Leicester game. But would you have took a win in the Cup game over uh, the Southampton, uh, the, the Leicester 100%, game? 100%, mate, yeah. I wanted to win the Cup. I wanted mm. to go to Wembley. Do you know what I mean? Harry, as a person who went to Leicester, would, do you agree with that? Or before, at least before the Southampton game, if you'd had a choice, a Cup win or a league win? Before the games? Well, before the Southampton game. I probably would have picked the Cup, mm. definitely, but... I'm not, I would not ever take that memory away now of Leicester. So <laughs> I, I, it's a silver line, I suppose you've got to say. I obviously want to win a cup. How old, are, how old am I now? 22, and I've never seen us win a cup. Mm. It could have been another opportunity for us to do that. And 
as Graham was saying, it's, it's decisions were poor and I just thought we could have done a lot more or the players could have done better. Connor, a cup win against Southampton or a Leicester three-point win? I would have took the win over Southampton once yeah. to move on and that. We could have refocused and looked at the Leicester, it was the Leicester in the next round as well. It would have been, yeah, actually. We could, have looked, for, we could have looked forward to that. Um, but yeah, I just took the league. I just took the league cup one over the league Premier League win. All right, um, all right then. So just moving on then from that, um, we've got plenty of contentious decisions that have happened with Everton over the past uh, couple of games. Um, another one which has uh, been brought up on various other media channels: the Wes Morgan red card. Harry, what did you make of it? Was it a was it a red card? He should have been sent off before he got sent off. There's a challenge area on in the half. Where he Richarlison ended up by the um, by the billboards mm-hmm. or the, by the signs on the ground, and he probably should have been sent off. That that was more of a foul than that one. But the referees probably just had the word and told him he was on his last warning. Mm. And if you come in from behind, it did seem like for persistent fouling as well, didn't it? It was, and it was all three of the ones that I'm thinking of in my head were all on Richarlison, mm. which of course after the first time he fouled him and got a yellow card, you'd learn your lesson. Yeah, Graham, I, I only really bring it up because. Um, you know, Leicester went down to 10 men, but Martin Keown and Paul Lintz, um, on I was either match of day or match of day two, didn't think it was a, a red card. Thought that Richarlison had uh, conned the referee. What are we saying? Nah, I, I agree 100% um, with Harry uh, that it was um, it was persistent fouling. Mm. It wasn't, he wasn't sent off for the for the, the last booking. Mm. He was sent off because he'd fouled Richarlison constantly all game. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and persistent, persistent fouling is a sending off offence. Um, so... I think they're talking rubbish. To be fair, it was a red card all day because he's constantly been fouling them. Do you know what I mean? You can yeah. only do so so much, can't you? And then it's time to walk. Absolutely, um, Connor. Just on Richarlison there. He's um, first game he started as a as a number nine, as a you know the sole the sole striker. Yeah. Is that going to be his position short term? Do you think that, or does Silver put him back? You know, on the left as he has been playing over the past day. No, I, I think there's potential there going forward as a striker. Yeah. Um, Think Silver sort of you could see it on Saturday where the front three sort of interlinked and moved around together, and you had Walcott and Bernard going through the middle at times, and it looked much better. I think that's where he's going to play. I don't think he's there for Brazil. I think they picked the side for the upcoming friendly, and he's not playing through the middle. But there's potential there. There was a few times where we made him look a bit of a dope when we were trying to swing the ball into the middle. Obviously, he's not going to win it against um, Morgan and Maguire, but playing it. As an, especially away from home as an attack as a counter attack and side getting the ball forward he's got he's the better choice of sort of what we've got because he's going to cause pace he's going to keep defenses 10 yard back and he's just going to be a nightmare for some once he sort of kicks on again now going forward mm, absolutely Graham, what does it say then for the you know effectively our backup strikers Nias, Carver Lewin Tosin um the fact that Richarlison can come in in one game and have that immediate impact. I know he's probably had the likes of, you know, Bernard and Siggins obviously being on better form, so that mm. that's obviously helped. But he's gone in there, hasn't he, straight away? He scored a goal mm. in the first, you know, 20 minutes of the game and he's just had a huge impact, hasn't he? Yes, I mean, obviously that, that's not looking good for the boys who, are, you know, have been left out the side to, who, to fit him you in, know, yeah. Proper um, number nine, really. Yeah, but, I mean, for me, I don't... People, people might not agree with me. I don't think Lewin's, Lewin's good enough at the moment. I don't think, you know, unless unless there's an injury crisis or, you know, we're, we're comfortable, I don't think he's involved for me at the moment. Um, Tosin, he's my mate, isn't he? I was sticking up for him last time <laughs> I was on, but 
if Richarlison's going to score goals, I, I know for a fact that some Blues don't want Richarlison through the middle because yeah. I've spoke to them personally um, and they're talking about, you know, he's not physical enough, he's not big enough, he can't hold the ball up. I don't think you need that necessarily, just as you've just said, away from home. You don't need someone to hold the ball up, particularly because you're playing on the counter-attack, do you know what I mean? So It seems to have, we have a lot more movement up front yeah, rather I, than Tosin, who's... You know, you need to get the ball into the box, mm-hmm. into that, you know, 12, 12 mm-hmm. yards. And let's be fair, he's not a bad substitute to bring on, is he, Tosin? You know, yeah, he can cause exactly, problems yeah. in a different way, maybe, yeah. if he comes on. I, I like Cenk Tosin. I, I don't want to say anything bad about him, um, but but that worked, didn't it, on Saturday with Richarlison through the middle. It also allows Bernard to come into the side and play wide um, because Richarlison's not there, obviously. So it worked. I don't think you can uh, you can disagree with it because, you know, it, it definitely worked on Saturday. Um it's a long season. The other boys are going to come in, hopefully, and, and, and you know make their mark. But at the minute, I wouldn't be changing that team, to be honest. Harry Pendon Richarlison you know, doesn't come back injured from uh, the international break. Is he, does he stay up there now as the number nine? Depending on the opposition, I would say... that It really depends, doesn't it, against the opposition. Probably against home, against Palace. I maybe, I'd like to see Tosin probably start. I want him to get more goals. Want him to get more confidence. You see, and after was it the the, the Dubai training camp last season that Tossin came back as a completely different player. Mm-hmm. You just, I think, you just need something to kickstart a season, and he'll just get a bit of confidence, mm. be able to score goals, and you can end up having more options up the front instead of relying on Richarlison for all our goals this season. Well, we do. We have seemed to rely heavily on him, haven't we, Richarlison? Um, yeah. Well. Certainly in the Huddersfield game, it was yeah. a case of in the first half, it seemed like it was just give the ball to Richarlison and see what like he could make of it the Take most. Take it forward, yeah. yeah. Um, Connor, just in terms of, so Graham's kind of said there that he'd keep Richarlison um, up front. Yeah. Harry's kind of give the, you know, give the go ahead to, to Tosin to, to come back in the team. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if that's the case, then if, if Tosin was to stay up front and Richarlison was to, um, come back to the left left hand side. Where does that then leave Bernard? It's a good question. Um, especially with Sigurdsson playing well as a ten, because well, I, thought, exactly, yeah. I thought Bernard was going to fit in there. The only other option would be if Theo Walcott doesn't play too well on the right. Mm. You put up Bernard there. It's not his natural position. I think he's played once or twice there for Shakhtar in the Champions League, but you could play him there. Walcott is a decent player, but he's not playing well over the past two or three games for me. And I think if you're going to go Tosin at home against like a Palace or someone like that who you sort of may, might need more of a physical presence to sort their centre-halves out, then, yeah, you could probably go toasting, on the, toasting through the middle with Charles on the left and, like, Bernard or Walcott on the right. Uh, but looking like at Palace, I'd, I'd probably keep Charles in there and switch back to toasting straight away. It's just nice that we've got these options, hasn't Yeah, it, it's been honest. a while, Anna. It certainly has. Um, we'll, we'll come on to um, Bernard because I want to really speak about him because it's just his quality is just tremendous, isn't it? Um, and I kind of want to come on to what we believe to be his better position. Um, but before we do that, I just want to talk about Sigurdsson's goal, Graham. When you first saw that goal, it's not even it's not even the shot, is it? It's it's everything about it. it's the pass into his feet, the turn, and then he doesn't just he doesn't just whack it, does he? Like he kind of scoops it up. Yeah, what a goal! He's got it in his locker, and he it's never a hit and hope with Gilfie, is it? He's always picking the spot. Mm. I think there's a lot more you can say about it. It was a worldie. It was an absolutely fantastic goal, and it was enough, you know, to win the game. It deserved to win the game. Mm. Um, and we're just, you know, I think. He's looking like a forty-five million pound player now, isn't he? In that number ten role. Well, we said this previously that you know we have paid forty-five million pound for him, mm-hmm. and you could say that he hasn't lived up to that billing, doing stuff like that. 
yeah. on no, a consistent basis. Yeah. He is going to, isn't he? I agree. Last season, it was wasn't the best environment for him, was it? You know, no. we had all sorts of difficulties last season, but I think this season he is really showing his worth, um, and he, he's got to stay in that number ten role for me. Um, I know people are saying, "Oh, where do we fit Bernard in, and, and what are we going to do?" Um, you know, with the we've got a lot of players in the squad now, but Gilfie's our number ten for me. And when he's doing things like that, who's who's gonna who's gonna drop him or take him out to that position? Great goal. Well, that's it. I mean, at the moment, you can't. You don't want to say, it, but you know, you could say that certain players are starting to make themselves undroppable, aren't they? Mm, absolutely. Um, especially with Rooney gone now as well, because I think it was that little two way battle between them two on it for the number ten slot, but. Mm. The manager's made this decision um, and he sees Gilfie as the linchpin in the side and I'd 100% agree with him. I'm a massive fan. Um, and as I say, when he's scoring goals like that, what are you going to do? Absolutely. Harry, What what's changed then for the better for Sigurdsson? Because it doesn't seem to be like a direct answer to it. You know, he, he missed the penalty, didn't he? Um, against Fulham and then just just scored, scored goals and then he's, he's just kicked on from there. Has, have you seen anything in, in his game or anything that has, that has helped him? I wouldn't say necessarily in his game. His overall game has improved, but it probably will be, I reckon, changing manager, changing coaching staff, and probably a change in the feeling in the dressing room probably will help the team, obviously. The whole team's going to be playing better, especially Sigurdsson. And I think, no, just probably gelling with the players a bit more. He's actually started here from pre-season, whereas at the end of last season, I don't think we signed him until quite late. And then he didn't really get into the team properly. You can't really gel with the players. And like Graham was saying, Rooney was probably taking up his position, mm. whereas he was more than he is the first choice, and he will always be our first choice. So he's going to get the game time, and hopefully, he's only going to get better. Connor, do you think it's just a case of having you know more movements up front, more flexibility in what we've been doing over the past certainly two or three games? Yeah, he looks well better with like two wingers running off him, Donny. He? he can pick up pass, and it kills teams off when you've got that sort of uh, pace and outward. He can, I don't know, that pass to Walcott against. Uh, was it Fulham or Southampton mm. where Walcott misses an absolute sitter? Didn't see that at all last season. I don't, uh, well, not at all, but what I can't, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but a better atmosphere, obviously. Like he's, he's, I think Silver said after the game on Saturday, they give him a bit more confidence in himself, and like he'll always, he'll, he's backed them to start this season because he's that type of player. That that helps having a better, having a more stable dressing room helps as well. He knows who he's gonna play off, and it's sort of he's had an adjustment period now. I, I criticised him a lot last season for being like, he's played in this league for, I don't know how long, five or six years off on and off for Spurs and Swansea. I was like, well, sort of come into the team and you know how to adapt, to, like, you know how to move into this team because you've played in this league. Why aren't you playing as well as you were for Swansea and that? But obviously now, he's adjusted to his new teammates. He was there for, a, I'd say, at Swansea quite a while. So he's adjusted to everyone here and I think just giving him a bit more free reign in the middle as a 10 has helped quite a lot as well. We want to go forward, we don't want to defend. And he's not stuck out wide like he was last season, which was a nightmare. He hasn't got the pace to play out wide, so he had to play as a 10. That battle with Rooney was not great for him, but obviously he went out because he's the better player going forward. How refreshing is it as well to like be finishing the game with like numerous strikers on the pitch as opposed to like last season where even when we were winning? Or even when we were drawing and we wanted to win, we were just bringing on like defenders and defensive midfielders. Well, that, arcs, that arcs back to Moyes, doesn't it? Because we'd always bring, make that Moyes sub where you bring the striker off and you bring whatever centre half had you on the bench. But while on Saturday, brought Calvert Lewin and Tosin on yeah. into the mix with Bernard and Richardson, I think Walcott came off. So that's like four or five, and including Sigurdsson, there's four or five attacking players that plenty of teams in the league would want and finish the game with. And obviously, it haven't 
playing against ten man helped, but just going forward was it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, Graham, it's an interesting point Connor's made there because you know going back to um, the Moyes days and the, the negative substitutions that he he did used to make, um, it almost if he ever brought a, same with Allardyce and same with other managers if you bring a defensive minded player on they're obviously going to sit back so you're almost pulling teams onto you aren't you really whereas the substitutions that Silva's currently making obviously there's been times where we've needed to make the attacking sub but you know Saturday we were bringing attacking players on it it gives the opposition more to think about then doesn't it it does definitely yeah and it's, it's nice to have those options Um, I wouldn't say by definition bringing an attacking player on is is always the best thing to do, regardless mm-hmm. of the score. I think sometimes you'd have to uh, you'd have to look back to go forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the substitutions are, are good substitutions, but I think some of the substitutions yeah, are bad substitutions. substitutions yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, as I say, as I said before, the jury's still out for me. He does make some good decisions. He also makes some decisions that I can't work out. Mm. Um, it's nice to have the options, um, and I hope I hope in time that he'll. Uh, you know, everything will settle down and he'll start to know his best eleven and he'll start to know, you know, what changes he can make and what effect they'll have on a team. But I still think he's he's experimenting to a point for me. Yeah. Um I don't think he's a hundred percent certain of, of, of his best his team. best team and his you know his best eleven, um best match day squad to be fair, because it's not all about the starting eleven as you mentioned now, is it? You know, mm. you've got to have players on there who can come on and make a difference. Um so yeah, it's nice to have the options, um, but I still think he's got a lot of work to do to get it right every single time. Mm. Um, I don't think bringing, you know, by, as I say, by definition, bringing a striker on is is always the right thing to do. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see in time um, what 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 he's going to do with them. Absolutely, um, Harry. Let's just talk about and you know Bernard, the quality of Bernard. How do we get him for free? <laughs> No, Marcel Brands or somebody's I don't know, needs a promotion or a pay rise, hopefully. <laughs> what a quality player and um, what a great performance against Leicester, to be honest, wasn't it? It was amazing. Be able to see it live, actually see the quality like unfold in front of you, whereas you think in the past who we have playing in them positions or the kind of quality that you'd have in that position, it's just it's a breath of fresh air, really, is just to be able to see Bernard send two Leicester players to shops just while he goes and crosses the ball into Richardson's to open it. Connor, there's got to be something wrong with him, hasn't Got to be. He was injured, Ernie, that was why. I think it was no one wanted to take a chance on him. Mm. But to be honest with you, you no know, Sigurdsson's goal was that good, right? But I've watched that turn on them two players more than I have Sigurdsson's goal back. That was ridiculous. Mm. I've seen that since like a peanut. Mm. Like, how easy it was as well. And it was funny, it was, uh, I think someone, one like fan account who does like analysis of the games, tweeted a video out of his performance. And he like saved it and tweeted him himself to show how good he was on Saturday. <laughs> so like... Bragging about it as well. Yeah, yeah. So So... <laughs> And he's not even fit, which is the mad thing. Like yeah. he's he's still getting fully fit. I think he's played two ninety minutes, two ninety minutes. So can't wait to see what he's does going forward once he's had a bit of a bit of a run. Yeah, uh, Graham, this kind of like intertwines with what we were saying, like with Richarlison, and you know whether he starts up or up front or you know comes back to the left hand position. Um, just having watched Bernard um, over the course of the past couple of weeks, what do you think his best position is? Tough question, I know. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd play him where he's playing at the minute, to be fair. Um, yeah, I'd have him out wide on the left um, because obviously it, it's about balance, isn't it? And I think, you know, he looks he looks outstanding in that position anyway, but it also means that Sigurdsson gets the number 10 role. It means that, yeah. you know, um, at the moment, Ricarlison plays up front, which, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And at the moment, it's not broke. So 
I think he, he, lo- he looks comfortable out there to me. He looks like he could play anywhere, to be honest, across the front three because he's, he's just got it, hasn't he? He's, he's quality. Um, but at the moment, I think, yeah, he, he looks more than comfortable out wide left. He can beat a man, he can cross a ball, he can pick a pass. And the other thing that surprised me as well is he works hard. He works hard for the team. Um, and, and we need that, you know what I mean? Just like a little random aside that I was reading this morning, the Premier League actually haven't given him that assist. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. How many players do you have to take on nowadays then? And then, it was, do you know um, what I mean? It was to do with Schmeichel's tiny little right, tip. That's right. what I read. That's what I read. So I just think that's insane. Yeah. I don't know what you think. It's not as if Richarlison would have got his foot to the end of that anyway. And the reason why the ball was flying across the box is because Bernard took a past two defenders and then crossed it in there. Exactly. Yeah, stupid. But you see goals can score all the time that are taking deflections mm-hmm. and giving. I mean, I probably have to have another look back at it, but I don't think it took that big of a deflection. Certainly... Michael got his hand on it, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but for it to say that it wasn't an assist. Ridiculous. I mean, I don't think Bernard will be too bothered, to be honest with you. He, you no. know, everyone can see how, how outstanding it was and what he did, but to not give him that assist baffled me a little bit. Did Zuma get one for putting the ball into Sigurdsson? He did, yeah. <laughs> so, work Apparently that so, one yeah. out. Yeah. I, know, I know, It was all Zuma, that goal. Great pass, that Zuma. A great pass from Zuma, though, wasn't it? No, no, strange one, Graham. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very strange one, but, you know, these are the people who run the game, so... Mm-hmm. We don't know anything, do we? Not surprised at all. Um, all right, I think that's a good way to finish that segment um, of the podcast. Um, the next one, I want to talk about a former Everton player. Now, I hate talking about former Everton players. One, because you know they're no longer Everton players and they're not really relevant. But unfortunately, uh, Ross Barkley's been speaking uh, to the media. Um, this week, he's obviously been called up to the England squad. Um, and obviously, he was asked about the topic of Everton Football Club. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast. So he basically come out and said uh, he's lacked coaching at Everton um, and it was the right time to leave. So I'll read out the quotes and then I'll just go around the table just to see uh, what you think. And these are the exact quotes. So he said, over the years, I haven't really been coached much. Um, And then the next one, he's he's referring to Sari's coaching style. If I had that type of approach from a coach when I was younger, maybe I would have improved a lot more. Um, the next one, these are just the picks. I mean, he said a lot, but these are just the picks that I found. Um, some players are fortunate that others have coaches who are fully focused on improvements. Um, Harry, I mean, is he is he right? I mean, is he right about? He's obviously referring to coaches at Everton because he, he hasn't been anywhere else. Um, so we're looking at the likes of you know. Um, he, um, he was under Moyes, wasn't he? So he's under Moyes, Martinez, Cumin. Um, in, in terms of, say, so he's not being coached much, mm-hmm. and he's been with us. What was it eleven years? I think well, it's it's it not. It is slightly probably maybe a bit insulting for probably all the academy stuff and everything. Well, that that's the thing I was going to come on to. It's obviously the, you know, it's obviously the head coaches, the manager. But it, I'm, it, I'm assuming he's 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 aiming at either Moyes, Martinez, and Cumin. They're the quotes that he's, he didn't didn't name names. He didn't come out and say anyone. They, that's exactly what he's what he said. Well, I'm I'm sure it's, if he's never made a mistake in a game, and no manager or any coach has ever told him you shouldn't be doing that, or actually instead, how about you do this to improve? Mm. If he's saying that thing, I told him much, then I'd, I'd worry about our, the staff that we're employing. To be honest, to be coaches, Connor is he is he right? Like Barley, what you know? We I suppose we haven't been successful over the past couple of years, Evan. Yeah. So he, he's obviously moved on to. A bigger and perceived to be a better club. Um, is it a slide dig for a start? I think, yeah, I think it's a slide dig. Some of it's a bit ridiculous. Like, obviously, he's been coached, otherwise, he wouldn't be at the point where he is without being coached. Yeah. 
but I think sort of he's he's gone under Sardi and sort of that's what he wants. It always seemed to me that like he needed to be the man at Everton. Like he always wanted to be the man for the manager, and he got that under Manners arm on the shoulder every week, whether he had a good game or a bad game. That changed under Cumin. He's right to a point in a sense of he's probably getting coaching now that he enjoys, mm. and I think that's probably a large part of what he wants in his career to enjoy football, and obviously, hopefully for him try and win things. Hopefully not for us, but um, yeah, it's, it's obviously ridiculous as I say because he's been coached. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have got to this point in his career. But you sort of not think before he speaks, but <laughs> maybe give a bit of context to it. Not mm. name names, but just expand on what you mean I think someone whoever asked the question sort of didn't want to follow up because they got a, they got the land they wanted and people went oh so Ross Barkley said this about Everton and they can use that going forward mm. and they'll be used as probably ammunition when we play Chelsea at some point mm. but yeah probably think before you speak a bit, bit, bit more going forward is it a game is it a shame really like a sense of bitterness from him that he he, he has to come out I mean he you can be asked a question and still you know say you answer in a different way it's clearly a dig, isn't it? It sends a bitterness, really. It is a dig, um, and it is unfortunate. I mean, he was he was at Everton under a, a lot of different managers, you know, and they all had various different styles. As as you've already mentioned, Bobby Martin is Ross, you're the best player in the world. You're fantastic. Make a mistake, don't worry about it. Just go and do it again. He had all the encouragement all the all the time he needed. And then Kuman was a little bit different, but how can those two contrasting styles not contain any coaching, if you like? Obviously, yeah. you know we're. Where have we gone so massively wrong? Um, I don't think Ross is the sharpest knife in the box, is he? <laughs> um, and I, I think he's wrong, to be to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I know he's gone to Chelsea now, as you said, probably, well, people would say they're a bigger, better club, but he's not setting the world alight, is no. he? He scored a goal. Get that, over it, Ross. You know what I mean? Like, um, Sari hasn't turned him into the next Messi, has he? Do you know what I mean? I mean, like I said, I haven't followed Chelsea a lot this season. Um, but from what I have, he's he's made substitute appearances, yeah. um, and he did score against Southampton in the other week. But the Liverpool game, he was the one to give the ball away. That led to Sturridge's goal as well. And you got like pundits. Um, he's in the England the place, now, is he? Raving now? about yeah. him, thinking he's he's been great and his form has been fantastic. I don't get it. I think he showed he showed more glimpses of of form and things at Everton than he's done so far at Chelsea. There was a period where you know he, he really got on top of his game, didn't he? I think the big thing with Ross Barkley is he has a lot of injuries, doesn't he? Which mm. have held him back. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's a coaching issue. Um, I'm not sure why he's come out and said that. Maybe he does want to have a have a pop at Everton, and that that was the way he saw fit. But um, nah, I I read comments the other week that uh, Romelu Lukaku was actually wanted to leave a year earlier, but he said he'd stay under Cumin because he Cumin told him he'd make him a better striker. Mm-hmm. So you know, if players like that have got confidence in the managers, then I don't see why Ross wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know why he said it, but yeah, it does sound like a bit of a dig to me, and I don't agree with him. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not backstage. Obviously, I don't know what goes on at the club, and like you said, he never gave it a lot of context, so we can't say where he thinks it's gone so wrong. But mm. I don't know why he said that. Well, I just wanted to get his opinions on that. You know, you know, don't really want to talk about former players who are no longer at the club, but um, it's just a topic that came up in the week, um, mm. and thought it was a good one to include on the podcast. Um, all right, we'll finish off then uh, with this last segment, um, Harry. International break, boring, boring international break. But has this international break come at a good time for Everton in terms of getting players back? You know, the likes of Mina, Gomez, who have obviously had setbacks in their injury. Or is it obviously, you know, a bad time in the fact that we've just beat Leicester? We need to keep that momentum going. No, I'd say it's probably 
more good than bad. As much as I do hate the international breaks, I do like obviously the two wins in the league. We've won on the bounce of Fulham and Leicester, mm-hmm. but it's Everton. It's no forms really going to help us. We could win every game in the season and go to Anfield and we'll get beat. Mm. It, it's, 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 there is no form that's going to carry on with us. And I think more than anything, new players are going to, and Coleman's coming back as well. Yeah. Hopefully. And I'd, not, not having to go with Kenny, but I feel like we have missed him, his experience at, at right back. And then you've got exactly Gomez and Mina to come in. So I think. McCarthy. Exactly. McCarthy. I don't know how he's going to fit in or how he, if he's maybe be a bit of an improvement on Tom. I know people have mixed opinions on Tom. It might be good to have another player in there to see how he gets on. A bit more competition, possibly. But in all honesty, I think we'd be stronger coming out of this if we have more players in the squad coming out of it than just a bit of form. We, we've still won those two games and we can still come back. As long as we don't lose players due to the international break, then I think, think it would only do us good. Connor, are you a fan of the international break? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think Harry's probably nailed most of it there. It's good and bad, really. I think I think they're having a, uh, I think I read they're having a game behind closed doors in a few days' time to get Gomes, Mina and McCarthy a bit... bit yeah, a bit close to fitness, so that'll, that'll help. But it's Everton. Richarlison probably played for Brazil and be out for Palace. Oh, so cynical. I know, but <laughs> it, I think the answer will only come when we play Palace because you don't want to go into that game thinking, oh, yeah, we've won two games. This one will be a walkover. They're looking for the win, and they're not a great side and not a yard dog side, but they're not a side to be messed about with. Like, mm. not going to walk them over, you know what I mean? So you sort of hope that get through this unscathed, get a few players back, get back into winning form again get, 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 keep it rolling yeah well Graham we'll just f- finish off with this last question then so Connor just briefly talked about the Palace game we seem to have played our better football away from home this season haven't we mm-hmm. so our next game is a home game <laughs> what's Marco Silva got to do to ensure that you know well for one we win the game first and foremost but we, we get a bit of a performance as well because the fans want to see performance don't they you know you can't just keep experimenting and he's got to find his, his at least until January he's got to find his best side soon hasn't he definitely um, I think he's 90% there um, I wouldn't go changing it from the Leicester lineup, to be honest mm. unless obviously Coleman's fit or injuries yeah there's uh, there's injuries um, I think th- th- I can use the Leicester and the Southampton game as uh, you know two contrasts the the, the press against Leicester and the, and the intensity, it was there. We looked like we wanted it. Um, obviously, we had you know our, our first-team players playing as well, other than the, the kids that had come in against Southampton. But Southampton was just lacklustre. It was, there was no press. We were giving them time on the ball. You know, we just... It, it, if, we can, if we can keep that intensity up, give Palace things to worry about, we've got the quality there. That'll come. The, the goals will come, you know what I mean? We've got, we've got the players there who can make things happen. We've got match winners, as Gilfie's proved on, on Saturday against Leicester. Goal scorers got match winners. For me, it's 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 what we do off the ball that, that we seem to be lacking. And if we can if if we can if we can get that press and make life hard for Palace, that the rest will come. Um, but if we start like we did against Southampton in the cup, and you know you know we're not chasing the ball down. I don't mean like ultra high up the pitch, winning the ball back in their penalty area. But you, you've got to press at some point, haven't you? You know what I mean. And Everton just we just didn't do it against Southampton. So I think that's the main thing for me. Um, Get at them, get up them. The rest will come because we've got the quality there. Um, so it's just getting them fired up and, and getting them organised and getting them pressing as a unit. Um, and I don't think Palace will live with us, to be honest, if we can do that because we've got far better players, I yeah. must say. Good place to finish then, lads. So, Harry, positive for heading into the, well, following on from the international break, heading into Palace? Positive? Are you positive? Oh, yeah, I'm very positive. I, I think when I look at the teams and the quality, I just think, we're the better team. We're at home. 
back of two wins. Hopefully have some more players back in the squad. We three points. Hopefully. Definitely. No. It's Palace. I hate playing Palace. I'm on a Sunday as well. Hodgson. Oh mate. We need to finish on a positive note here, Connor. Come on. Yeah, but <laughs> he will win. Do you know what, right? Yeah. We probably we yeah, we will. But I think it'll be a scrappy one. And I'll take that. Take yeah, that all definitely. season. If it happens, three points is all that matters, isn't it? That's the best positivity we're gonna get from you, isn't it? Yeah. I'll take that. It's fine. All right, lads, I appreciate you coming on. To my guests, Graham, Harry, and Connor, thanks for coming in. Um we're gonna be back to preview the Palace game next Wednesday. Uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and the ACAST app by searching Royal Blue. There you will find the View from the Gladys Street podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast.